recital of this translation of the Lotus Sutra. Right? Um, so for those of you who this is the first thing you're seeing, I recommend starting here. Uh, that's the whole playlist. You can start with the first episode of the Dhammapada. That's where you find out the teachings of the Buddha. And then uh, the Lotus Sutra is sort of basically the beginning of Mahayana Buddhism. And uh, we've been going through, we've gone through an hour and a half of setup, and we haven't gotten to the Buddha talking yet. So it's a little bit of a different thing than the Theravada scriptures. Um, also, if you would like to start with the first episode of the Lotus Sutra, because we're going to be jumping in basically kind of mid-sentence, not mid-sentence, but at the beginning of a paragraph that won't make a whole lot of sense unless you have uh, heard you know, the hour and a half leading up to it. So that first episode is here. And one last thing, uh, I recently put up on a different channel a sort of B-roll behind the scenes. Uh, so if anybody has been watching this and following this and you've been curious about what this stuff is back here and maybe what is off screen, then uh, you can click here and then watch that and then if you have time you can come back and watch this that's about a half an hour of me going around giving you a tour of my office my office temple really i uh, it serves as both i'll get right to it because i try to keep these down to a half an hour and if i talk to you for five minutes then i'm cutting valuable time out of the actual scripture reading so picking up where we left off with the lotus sutra Amongst those eight pupils, there was one bodhisattva who, attached to an extreme value to gain, honor, and praise, and was fond of glory, but all the words and letters one taught him faded from his memory, in parentheses, did not stick. So he got the appellation of Yasaskama. Remember, this is Manjushri talking responding to Maitreya, well, apparently, you know, maybe the whole assembly or the people right around them in the assembly, like, you know, if, you're, if you've seen Life of Brian, how they're calling each other big nose and all that stuff, this is sort of like, you know, a conversation going on in the assembly. <clears throat> anyway, he had prompted, he had propitiated many hundred thousand myriads of kotis, if you can translate uh, myriads of kotis into you know, real numbers, um, that would be interesting. Go ahead and comment below. Anyway, of Buddhas, by that root of goodness, and afterwards esteemed, honored, respected, revered, venerated, worshipped them. Perhaps Agita, that's uh, apparently a nickname for Maitreya, the one who asked Manjushri the question, thou feelest some doubt perplexity or misgiving that in those days, at that time, there was another Bodhisattva Mahasattva Varaprabha, preacher of the Dharma. It says law. I'm changing it to Dharma. Changing it back to Dharma, because surely that was the word that they translated into law. But do not think so. 
Why? Because it is myself who in those days at that time was the Bodhisattva Mahasattva Varaprabha, preacher of the Dharma. And that Bodhisattva, named Yasaskama, the lazy one, it is thyself, Agita, who in those days, at that time, wert the Bodhisattva named Yasaskama, the lazy one. And so, Agita, having once seen a similar foretoken of the Lord, I infer from a similar ray being emitted just now, that the Lord is about to expound the Dharma Paryaya called the Lotus of the True Dharma. And on that occasion, in order to treat the subject more copiously, 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 in order to treat the subject more copiously, Manjushri, the Prince Royal, uttered the following stanzas. Is Manjushri talking about himself in the third person, or am I confused? Okay, quote. There's no quote, but there's a colon, so... Anyway, I remember a past period. Inconceivable! Princess Bride. If you haven't seen it, then you won't get the way that I say that. Anyway, illimited kalpas ago, when the highest of beings... No, no, no. Highest of beings. Uh, the jina of the name of Kandrasurya Pradipa was in existence. He preached the true Dharma. He, the leader of creatures, he educated an infinite number of kotis, of beings. Okay, so infinity times kotis, beings. Wow, that's a big number. Uh, and roused inconceivably, many bodhisattvas to acquiring supreme Buddha knowledge. And the eight sons born to him, the leader, when he was Prince Royal, no sooner saw that the great sage had embraced ascetic life than they resigned worldly pleasures and became monks. And the Lord of the world proclaimed the Dharma and revealed to thousands of kotis of living beings the sutra, the development, which by name is called the excellent exposition of infinity. Anyone else having deja vu? Okay. Immediately after delivering his speech, the leader crossed his legs and entered upon the meditation of the excellent exposition of the infinite. There on his seat of the Dharma, the eminent seer continued, absorbed in meditation, and there fell a celestial rain of mandaravas, while the drums of heaven in parentheses resounded without being struck. The gods and elves in the sky paid elves? in the sky paid honor to the highest of men. And simultaneously, all the fields of Buddhas, in parentheses, began trembling. Excuse me, I'm trying to read the sutras. Delhi. Okay. Mm -hmm. A wonder it was, a great prodigy. Then the chief 
emitted from between his brows one extremely beautiful ray, which, moving to the eastern quarter, glittered, illuminating the world all over the extent of 18,000 fields. It manifested the vanishing and appearing of beings. Some of the fields then seemed jeweled. Others showed the hue of lapis lazuli. Have we got any within arm's reach? Who's wearing my lapis lazuli? Somebody. Somebody surely is wearing it. Uh, anyway, by that I mean one of my statues, but I, I don't see it right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. All splendid, extremely beautiful, owing to the radiance of the ray from the leader. I'm, I'm not the leader. Don't worship me. Uh, gods and men, as well as Nagas, goblins, Gandharvas, nymphs. They have nymphs. Cool. Kinaras and those occupied with serving the Sugata became visible in the spheres and paid their devotion. The Buddhas also, those self-born beings, appeared of their own accord, resembling golden columns, like unto a golden disc, parentheses, within lapis lazuli, end parentheses. I guess that was implied and the translator felt the need to clarify that to us rubes, they revealed the law in the midst of the assembly. The disciples, indeed, are not to be counted. That's a lot more than 12, I think. Uh, the disciples of Sugata are numberless. Yet the luster of the ray renders them all visible in every field. Energetic, without breach or flaw in their course, similar to gems or jewels, Gems and jewels, excuse me. The sons of the leaders of men are visible in the mountain caves where, okay, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm gonna spell it for you. Again, typos uh, in this version. Okay, so this word is spelled T-B-E-Y-A-R-E. Okay, I think what it is is where they are dwelling but the H became a B and the space went away. So it became a new word. Tibayare. Tibayar. Tibayare. Tibayare dwelling. I like it. Numerous bodhisattvas, like the sands of the Ganges. That's always the go-to, uh, you know, metaphor. Even when Dogen is talking in Japan, he refers to... India as the Western heavens. It's like where spirituality comes from, where, where you know, these heavenly beings that brought forth uh, Buddhism come from. Um, then, but then he talks about how they're, they're plagued by non-Buddhists now. Uh, because I think at that time, the, Mo the Muggles had started, like, persecuting and burning uh, scriptures and stuff. So thank goodness that Padmasambhava and Vimalamitra smuggled those scrolls out, right? And others before them. <clears throat> okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
the sands of the Ganga, as we say here in India, who are spending all their wealth. Oh, what I was saying is Dogen in Japan, uh, who refers to, you know, China as the place where civilization comes from. Back then, he was kind of like poo-pooing Japan and how disgraceful it was that they were such savages. Well, China was the source of great civilization. And then beyond China was the Western heavens where religion comes from. And so even though he himself had never seen the Ganga, or the Ganges, as the British call it, he would use that metaphor because it's repeatedly used in the scriptures. So it becomes sort of a habit. He would say, as numerous as the sands of the Ganges. All right. Uh, who, spending all their wealth in giving alms, who have... Tartuffe, anybody? Okay. Tell them I'm at the prison, distributing what few small coins I have. Yes, I played Tartuffe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who have the strength of patience, are devoted to contemplation and wise, become all of them visible in that ray. Should I reread that? Because I like interrupted myself like four times. I'll just reread that little passage. Numerous bodhisattvas, like the sands of the Ganga, who are spending all their wealth in giving alms, who have the strength of patience, are devoted to contemplation and wise, become all of them visible in that ray. Immovable, unshaken, stop vibrating you. I thought I turned off the internet connection of all these things. Sorry about that. Airplane mode. All right. See, this is my little spotlight. For my, my vanity. Uh, all right. Immovable, unshaken, firm in patience. Oh, <laughs> devoted to contemplation and absorbed in meditation are seen the true sons of the Sugatas while they are striving for supreme enlightenment by dint of meditation. By dint of meditation. Hmm. Okay. They preach the Dharma in many spheres and point to the true, quiet, spotless state they know. Such is the effect produced by the power of the Sugata. What's the Sugata? I'm sorry, I know I should be the one illuminating these things for you, but... Moving along. And all the four classes of hearers, on seeing the power of the mighty Khandrakadipa, apparently a nickname for Khandrasurya Pradipa, or a typo, were filled with joy and asked one another, how is this? How is this? You know, like we say in English. And soon afterwards, as the leader of the world, worshipped by men, gods, goblins, rose from his meditation. He addressed his son, Varaprabha, the wise bodhisattva and preacher of the law. Okay, this is getting interesting. Within the flashback, within Manjushri's telling about the Lotus Sutra having been proclaimed by a former Buddha named Khandra Surya Pradipa, that Buddha is now speaking. But our Buddha, the one we know and love, you know, uh, 
hasn't spoken yet, but at least, I mean, this is something. It's like if you go to a, to a Nirvana concert and they say uh, Nirvana is, is going to be covering David Bowie, who at one time spake and said, it's almost like getting the words of Kurt Cobain, but weird example, I know. Okay. Thou, this is, this is, uh, this is the, the, the Lord in meditation in aeons, eons past, uh, speaking to his son, Vara Prabha, the lazy one, I think, right? Uh, the wise bodhisattva and preacher of the Dharma, who was lazy. Thou art wise. The I and refuge of the world. Thou art the trustworthy keeper of my dharma and canst bear witness as to the treasure of laws which I am to lay bare to the wheel of living beings." End quote. Cool. So that was the voice, the character voice I've chosen to give the eons past Buddha Kandrasurya Pradipa. Then, after rousing and stimulating, praising and lauding many bodhisattvas, what in the world is going on out there? Uh, did the jina proclaim the supreme laws, dharmas, laws, during full 60 intermediate kalpas? I think that's a long time. And whatever excellent supreme law, one assumes dharma, was proclaimed by the Lord of the world while continuing to sit on the very same seat was kept in memory by Vara Prabha, the son of Jina, the preacher of the law. And after Jina and leader had manifested the supreme law and stimulated the numerous crowd, he spoke that day toward the world, including the gods, parentheses, as follows, for those of you who didn't know that it, what comes next is what he said to the world, including the gods. Quote, I have manifested, that's Kandrasurya Pradipa. <clears throat> I have met, okay, I'll just, I have manifested the rule of the law. I have shown the nature of the law. This reminds me of an Obama speech. Uh, now, O oh monks, it is the time of my nirvana, this very night, in the middle watch. Be zealous and strong in persuasion. Apply yourselves to my lessons, parentheses four and parentheses the genas. The great seers are but rarely met with in the lapse of myriads of kotis of eons. Okay. The many sons of Buddha were struck with grief and filled with extreme sorrow when they heard the voice of the highest of men announcing that his nirvana was near at hand. To comfort so inconceivably many kotis of living beings, the king of kings... Okay. Okay. Uh, said, Be not afraid, O monks. After my nirvana, there shall be another Buddha. 
that's the one that's sitting there while these guys are calling each other big nose. The wise Bodhisattva Srigarbha. Oh, no, it must have been one that came in between. After finishing... Okay, no, scratch that. This is not a Buddha, this is a Bodhisattva. The wise Bodhisattva Srigarbha, after finishing his course in faultless knowledge, shall reach highest supreme enlightenment and then become a jina under the name of Vimala Granetra. Vimala Granetra. Okay. So he was the one that came between Khandra, Surya, Pradipa, and Siddhartha Gautama. Perhaps one of the ones, but maybe he didn't do a Lotus Sutra otherwise. Well, Manjushri might not have been there, or, you know, so he's referring to a particular memory of the Lotus Sutra at that time, even though this Buddha might have also given a Lotus Sutra. Who knows? That very night, in the middle watch, he met complete extinction. I'm like joking, and then a Buddha dies. Sorry. Like a lamp when the cause, parentheses, of its burning, end parentheses, is exhausted. His relics were distributed. I hope it's not like bones. Uh, and, his, and of his stupas, there was an infinite number of myriads of kotis. That's a lot of stupas. The monks and nuns at the time being, who strove after supreme highest enlightenment, numerous as the sands of the Ganga, applied themselves to the commandment of the Sugata. And the monk who then was the preacher of the law and the keeper of the law, Varaprabha, expounded for fully 80 intermediate kalpas the highest laws according to the commandment of the Sugatas. He had 800 pupils. Oh my God. One time I had like 150. I mean, that were like, I was like regularly in contact with. I think on paper there were more, but 800 is too many. I don't care who you are. All right. I mean, unless you're not actually talking to any of them directly, they're all just sort of in the crowd. <clears throat> mm-hmm who all of them were by him brought to full development. Okay. They saw many kotis of Buddhas, great sages, whom they worshipped. Maybe not all at once. That's the thing, is when you have 800 people all calling you like once a week. But if you have like 80 people all calling you once a week, and then each year another crop of 80 of them attain nirvana for 10 years, then, okay, maybe 800 is... All right, anyway. They saw many kotis of Buddhas, great sages, whom they worshipped. By following the regular course, they became Buddhas in several spheres. And as they followed one another in immediate succession, they successively foretold each other's future destiny to Buddhaship. The last of these Buddhas, following one another, was Dipankara. He, the supreme god of gods, uh, honored by crowds of sages, educated thousands of kotis of living beings. Among the pupils of Varaprabha, the son of Jina, at the time of his teaching of the law, was one slothful, 
covetous, greedy of gain and cleverness. He was also excessively desirous of glory, but very fickle. I'm feeling called out here, but so that the lessons dictated to him and his own reading faded from his memory as soon as learnt. He didn't have YouTube. You see, if you do it into a microphone, then you can just like watch it later and then like slowly you start to absorb the information. Anyway, uh, his name was Yasakama. Oh, he was the lazy one, wasn't he? By which he was known everywhere, by the accumulated merit of that good action, spotted as it was. He propitiated thousands of kotis of Buddhas, whom he rendered ample honor. He went through the regular course of duties and so duties and saw the present Buddha Sakyasimha. Are we talking about Are we talking about Buddha? Uh, Gautama Buddha? Sometimes he's called Sakyamuni? Sakyasima? The present Buddha he's calling. Um, unless there's the Buddha of the present, which is... Okay, well anyway, comment below if you know what I'm talking about. Or if you don't, because comments, you know, boost my... Uh... He shall be the last to reach superior enlightenment and become a lord known by the family name of Maitreya who shall educate thousands of kotis of creatures. Hmm. Educating creatures. That's cool. He who then, under the rule of the extinct Sugata, was so slothful, was thyself, says Manjushri to Maitreya. I mean, he just asked an innocent question. Why is the ray shooting out of Buddha's forehead? And he's like, in a past life, you were a piece of... And it was I who then was the preacher of the law. Oh, how nice for you. And on seeing a foretoken of this kind, I recognize a sign such as I have seen manifested of yore. Therefore, and on that account, I know that decidedly the chief of Ginas, Ginas, the supreme king of the Sakyas, the all-seeing, who knows the highest truth, is about to pronounce the excellent Satra, I think he means Sutra, which I have heard before. Heard it all before. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, that very sign displayed at present is a proof of the skillfulness of the leaders. The lion of the Sakyas is to make an exhortation to declare the fixed nature of the law. Be well prepared and well-minded. Join your hands. I can't read with my hands dried. Uh, he who is affectionate and merciful to the world is going to speak is going to pour the endless rain of the law and refresh those that are waiting for enlightenment. And if some should feel doubt, uncertainty, or misgiving in any respect, then the wise one shall remove it for his children, the bodhisattvas here striving after enlightenment. Chapter two, skillfulness. Now I wonder, if the chapters were added later, or if this was all one scripture and then someone decided to divide it in chapters at one point. I don't know. The Lord then rose. Are we talking about the Buddha now? 
I think we might be talking about like present moment at that time rather than the story about the previous time when the guy who asked the question was lazy and the guy who answers the question was all that. Anyway, the Lord then rose with recollection and consciousness from his meditation and forthwith addressed the venerable Shariputra. Oh, we're in present time. Shariputra was one of the Buddha's disciples, one of Gautama Buddha's disciples. So, cool. Um, by the way, <laughs> you probably heard me mention it in one of the previous uh, readings, but there's that, that uh, the Heart Sutras largely addressed or completely addressed to Shariputra. And so as a result, there's a, uh, a song where it's like Sanskrit and Chinese. And so the Hear O Shariputra, whatever that is in in Sanskrit, uh, ends up being translated as Ni Hao Shariputra. And you can, you can listen to that song right here, but do it later after. We'll just read for a few more seconds here. All right. The Buddha knowledge, Shariputra, is profound, difficult to understand, difficult to comprehend. It is difficult for all disciples and Pratyeke Buddhas to fathom the knowledge arrived at by the Tathagatas and that Shariputra, because the Tathagatas have worshipped many hundred thousand myriads of Kotis of Buddhas because they have fulfilled their course for supreme complete enlightenment during many hundred thousand myriads, myriads of Kotis of eons, because they have wandered far displaying energy and possessed of wonderful and marvelous properties. Like, uh, you know, attributes or uh, traits. We're not talking about like real estate here. Uh, possessed of properties difficult to understand. So is the, is the border, no, okay. Uh, because they have found out things difficult to understand. The mystery of the Tathagatas is difficult to understand, Shariputra, because when they explain the laws, in parentheses, or phenomena, things, in parentheses, that have their causes in themselves, they do so by means of skillfulness, by the display of knowledge, by arguments, reasons, fundamental ideas, interpretations, and suggestions. Okay, cool. We got a bit of a cliffhanger here, and we're actually, the Buddha's actually finally talking. Wow. Wow. It took two hours, but the Buddha is finally talking, and the first thing he's going to go into is skillful means, which is uh, pretty cool. That's basically like if you have somebody who's like right on the edge of enlightenment but they're, they're like worshiping a statue of the Buddha, then that, it might be a good time to like smash the Buddha statue and say, there is no Buddha. And then they might go, <gasps> and then achieve enlightenment and finally cross over that abyss. But if somebody's like, yeah, I was thinking about maybe getting into Buddhism. So I've got this here statue, then smashing that statue, not such a good idea. So that's what skillful means is, is, Knowing what to say when, to whom, and in what situation, and in what way. Don't smash statues. I mean, unless you're into that, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so it's not popular. I mean, in some parts of the world it's extremely popular, but that's the thing. is If, the, if it's a very old statue, 
Don't smash it. Send it to me. I'll take care of it. And I won't worship it, I promise. I'll keep it shiny and I'll, you know, honor it as a, sort of like a, a Catholic idol. Not a, I mean, not an idol, an icon, an icon. They, they differentiate after the Sixth Ecumenical Council, you know, this is an icon, not an idol. Okay, we're running over the 30-minute mark a little bit, so we'll get back to the skillful means in Episode 5 of my recital of the Lotus Sutra. I hope that you are entertained and uh, perhaps learned something, maybe? At least learned what the Lotus Sutra says, if not, you know, something. Which seems less likely, but, uh, you know. Anyway, so sometimes the Satori can come, like, you know, the, the master and the student are walking, and the student says, what is the secret of the Buddha? And the master says, there's a, there's a small bamboo stick, and there's a big one. And then hits him over the head and goes, ah! And the student has their Satori, and then becomes the great Bodhisattva, Maha, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I think I'm combining three stories there, but you get the idea. So you might have, maybe something I said triggered something, and wow, now you're really on the path. And that was not skillful means on my part. That was, that was skillful means on the part of whoever botched the heck out of this translation. Okay, no. Respect, respect to whoever translated this. Respect to whoever wrote this hundreds of years after uh, the Buddha walked the earth. And um, respect to you, blessings to you, and as usual, we will close with the, uh, the blessing that my father and I performed every morning as I was growing up. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.